Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. And with Jet. And we're here in my office today. And we've got the two cameras going, all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure I feel about being in his office, but anyway, here we are. <laughs> so we're in here today because we're going to go through some comment responses and, and shout outs and different things like that. And so first off, I know we say it every now and again, but to really let people know, we appreciate their messages, their comments, uh, the encouragement they send along the way. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's really great. And I know it's funny, in preparing for this, I realized some things do slip through the cracks now and again. You know, there's been some responses that have been a little longer in waiting, and I apologize for that. Um, but we do get to it. So, well, yes. Yeah. So we try our best to do that. So the plan for today is to just go through a few. I want to do some positive shout outs, just like, hey, so and so, we see you. Uh, and then go to some questions, which I, I think okay. I put several of them over there for you, so we should be on yeah. the same track. But uh, let's see, there's a lady named uh, Sugar, and she's on YouTube, and she has commented on like seven or eight of our videos. So Sugar, thanks for watching. We're glad those are an encouragement. Uh, she's been checking in on things about you know the Lord's Supper and marriage and uh, what translation should she use? You know, so mm -hmm. a wide variety of things. We're glad to have her there. Uh, Jim and Marsha, they say, thanks for your uh, talk on Ephesians chapter 3. So, Jim and Marsha, glad to have y'all here watching. Uh, let's say Mark, Mark Anthony, he saw one of our old videos, uh, one, of, one of the first of these, actually, oh, yeah. you know, where we were doing a quick thing. He's out in California, at least he was. Okay, cool. And he says that we had him rolling on the floor laughing with some of those responses, so... Uh, I know that's a comment I hear fairly often is people appreciate our banter. Uh, the fact that we're not quite so rigid. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do want to say right now and again, we do take this seriously, if you don't know that. But we do think that some personality and some real life commentary is beneficial. Yeah, we, we feel like that having talks about the Bible should be something that we enjoy doing, that we oh, yeah. like together, but we have fun together doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and then another thanks on your analysis of Psalm 2. They just said thank you for the explanation. Simple and clear. Good. And along with that, we've got a lot of requests to do some breakdown of Psalms in the future. So All right. we may be doing some of that. All right. I know we also had a request for a couple sections of Romans. So keep your eyes out for some more of those things coming up here soon. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, some Nan, uh, Nan has commented, I think uh, this is a listener from India, but has checked in on quite a few things and said, thank you for your singing in the spiritual oh, song. Uh, 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 that's funny. That's <laughs> so, yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, had another one last comment. We had two or three on our most recent video about spiritual reflection and just said, thank you for this. It's very practical. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we, especially that last section of, of videos, we really do hope that those were practical. Talking yeah, about those spiritual growth videos start out with the one about scripture and then mm -hmm. go to the one about prayer and, you know, go off through those. Yeah. And I think that um, we put all the links in, especially the last one. So if you happen to find yourself on reflection, the links to the uh, meditation, the spiritual singing, and the praying, praying one are all there together. Good. Yeah. So let's hop into a few questions. 
Russ sent this one in, okay. uh, and it was somewhat related to a long time ago conversation, but also some work that you've been doing uh, in your Hebrews commentary. Yeah. And he asked, how do you know that a section of Hebrews, like verse 1, uh, or chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, is a strophe? Which I guess, first, what is a strophe? All right, actually... Um Strophe is a is a term which describes poetic lines mm-hmm. and hymns. And um to answer Russ's question, the um the hymn in Philippians two, which has long been rep- recognized as a hymn, uh is a Christ hymn. Yeah. Who being in the form of God counted not equal equality with God a thing to be grasped. It begins with a relative pronoun who. It's hos in Greek. And um, there are these little short lines with like, you like have a little poetic line and then it pauses and then the next little poetic line. And it's hard to explain, but in the Greek text, the way that is presented in Philippians 2 is very similar to what you have in um, Hebrews 1 at the end of verse 2, because it's not just verse 2. At the, at the end of verse 2, in these last days he has spoken unto us by a son, whom... Okay. So that whom right there, that relative pronoun, begins the strophes, the little poetic lines. Yeah. And uh, it's exactly the same format you have in Philippians 2. Who being who was appointed heir of all things, comma, uh, by whom also he made the worlds, comma... Mm-hmm. Who being the brightness of his glory, comma, the exact image of his substance, even while upholding all things by his powerful word, comma, when he had made purification for sins. So these lines yeah. are in the same kind of format. You have Philippians 2 and other ancient hymns. You actually have this, I think, in First Timothy 3, uh Excuse me, First Timothy six. Uh, look at verse fifteen there, Jed, and read verse fifteen. First Timothy six. First Timothy six fifteen. You said. Mm-hmm. All right. Which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. All right. So um, the part in verse 15 that starts, he, who, mm-hmm. and you have that little relative pronoun, host, who is the blessed blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and the lord of lords, who alone yeah. has immortality. It has so almost it has, a rhythm. It has the little strophes like, like you have in Hebrews 1 and in Philippians 2 which shows that it is very likely part of an ancient Christ hymn. Okay. So hopefully that helps explain it some. Uh, I would recommend um, Ralph, Dr. Ralph Martin's book from some time ago. It's called Mysterium Christi. It explodes, a mystery of Christ. It yeah. explores the hymn in Philippians 2 and the breakdown of that, and that might help. Yeah. In, um, so it's kind of equal parts structural in the way that it is written and also the way it's presented in the ancient text that gives right. us those cues. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for us for that question. Let's see. Um, Avery sent in several questions, and we've been talking with her about a couple of things. 
Uh, I've talked with her a little bit about this and I wanted to get your take on it as well. Uh, should parents be pressured to place their children in a children's Bible class or in the nursery? And then kind of as a follow-up, do offering those things negate the parents' responsibility or do they promote churches taking over those responsibilities? All right. Um, it's difficult to answer that question with Scripture. Of course, you have uh, first or Second Timothy one five about Timothy and the faith, the sincere mm -hmm. faith with which dwelt first in his mother, his grandmother, and his mother, yeah. and also in him. So obviously, his mother and grandmother had a great deal with to do with uh, instilling the faith in him. Absolutely. Uh, Ephesians six four. You know, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, it's parents' responsibility to bring oh, their children up in the discipline and instruction of the yeah. Lord. Um, so, how are you going to do that? Right. Um, is part of that placing your child in a Bible class where they're going to be taught? And if you choose not to do that, are you teaching them on a regular basis yourself? Yeah. Um, part of teaching a child, though, is the socialization of that child mm. and uh, helping that child interact with others as they. Uh, you know, learn about God, but there is no biblical teaching that says a child has to be yeah. in a certain setting. However, I understand the idea of trying to train children to sit in church and all that kind of stuff. Um, there are two things to look at there. Number one, mm -hmm. many of the children's church programs, which the ones we have, uh, you sit with the parents throughout the yeah. first part of the service and you sing, you pray and see the Lord's Lord up there yep. and all that. And then you go during the sermon to a lesson that is more appropriate for the children. Yeah. Which again, is not required. It's not required at all. Yeah. But on one hand, you're training them to sit there. On the other hand, um, especially real young children, will get more biblical teaching out of the lesson that they have in the yeah. children's session than they would otherwise. This is up to the parent, but the bottom line is it's a parent's responsibility to teach their children about God. Amen. And I wouldn't think they would use all the tools available to them hmm. to do that. So uh, that again, there's not a firm biblical answer to that. Yeah. And by providing it, the church shouldn't take the position of, we're doing this for you. It should be an addition to or a help with. Right. We're not yeah. taking your responsibility. We're simply providing an extra benefit for your child if you choose to take advantage of it. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where your congregation is saying, well, you're being a bad parent if you don't put your child in the nursery or that sort of thing. Well, that, or, that, that brings to, if your child is, is screaming and hollering all during church and distracting other people from their worship, then you're not being, you're being selfish and you're not really considering others do unto others as you would have and they yeah. do unto you. So if you can, if you can handle that, your child is not unruly. Yeah. Then that's one thing. If your child is keeping everybody else from concentrating in their worship, then you need to think about your responsibility to others. Yeah. And I would say, as a caveat, there unruly versus like they happen to cry out once. No, 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 no. I'm talking about they just keep going, yelling, and going, and won't stop. Yeah. Just yeah. to make sure, because the sound yeah. of children is nice. But we like the babies. <laughs> that's the problem. I think unruly is the key part of that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So then let's go on to Colin Henderson. He sent in a question, and he's working on building out some long-term teen uh, teaching plans. And so he just asked kind of what would be some advice for things that you would want to cover, including maybe some topical ideas. Because I know right off the bat, we've talked before about kind of that condensed Bible timeline and Luke-Acts being, you know, if you're wanting to cover the gospel message in the church, Luke-Acts definitely should be in there. Well, yes. Um, Jed actually put together a, a long-term curriculum for us, and so it'd probably be a good idea for and want that to be shared to share yeah. that. It was more aimed at the adults, but teens yeah. may be some of some biblical perspective. If we if we try to seek a Bible answer to that, you know, Paul in Acts twenty, um, I'm not sure the exact verse. It's it's a little bit before verse twenty eight. He says, "I have not shunned to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God." Hmm. I've I've shared with you everything the Lord has told me to share with you. So one of the concerns I have in the church is that we teach certain things, but we don't cover all the bases. Yeah. So if I was going to have teenagers for a number of years, like three or four years at least, and was going to teach them through those years, I'd want to know that they had a firm grasp of... Um, who God is and um, God is the creator. I would want them to have a grasp of the great promises of God in the Old Testament, like the promise to Abraham yeah. and how that plays out in the Old Testament. Yeah, Genesis, Exodus, a deep exploration of those things. Big time. Yeah. And the covenant at Sinai and who it was for and, and the story of the Old Testament, at least in a general way of what happened to people when they were faithful to that and what happened when they were not. Yeah. I'd want them to know the gospel story, as you said, uh, continually, probably through what happened in the gospel of Luke and what happened in the book of Acts and preaching and establishment of the church. Um, in the process of that, I'd like them to know um, some topical things about um, morality, about yeah. Their responsibility of how a person is saved, their responsibility as Christians individually. Yeah. Um, so things like individual salvation will probably come up in bits and pieces, if not deeply, in Acts, for sure. Right. Um, if you're getting into morality, that's where maybe we would bring in that discussion of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, what comes... Works what, of the flesh. Yeah, works of the flesh versus works of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, All of those things should be included. In, and I think, I also believe that a, a discussion of what happens after you die in the end of the world would mm. be good for kids because yeah. they need to know that... You know, we all face judgment and we face eternity and, yeah. and that that's coming. Which it's surprising, you know, it's surprising how much Jesus does talk about the end of times and judgment. So whether that's Luke or Matthew, who talks about quite a bit of it. And sometimes there's some overlap there. Yeah. You could use the words of Jesus to discuss that. Yeah. He, yeah. he uses the sheep and the goats and that beard of yours reminds me of those goats. But anyway... <laughs> I would include that also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I think along the way, somewhere in there, I would just recommend, especially for teens, 
having at least one quarter where you ask them what their questions are. That'd be great. What are you worried? What are you not sure of? What yeah. are you wondering about? What yeah. are you worried about? And yes, do sir. that as pre-work. Don't do that as spur of the moment questions, you know, have it figured out because even as much as we go, okay, definitely we want to cover salvation and end of times and all this other they stuff. They may be thinking about something we haven't thought about. Yeah. There there's, go. there's going to be very cultural things they will address. So, not that you want every class to be that way, but try to plan at least one of those every two years or so. Okay. That's my advice. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, last one. Well, we've got some more, but in fact, let's go ahead and skip out. You just mentioned end times. I'm going to skip one of them. Uh, are there degrees? This comes from Larry. We've talked with Larry about several things over, over the years. Are there degrees of reward and degrees of punishment at the judgment? Or is it one size fits all? Well, there's only two passages I can think of. One in the Gospel of Luke where he talks about some will be beaten with fewer stripes. Hmm. And um, I can't call the verse right now. It, I, it's trying to tell me in my head it's Luke 12, but I'm not sure that's right. Uh, I'm at my computer. I can look it up. Yeah, you can Google it. <laughs> beaten with fewer stripes. Hey, you're, it's in Luke 12. Luke 12. What is it? 47. Read that one. All right, it says, And that servant who knew knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will, will receive a severe beating. That's how the ESV translates Keep it. Going. Uh, but the one who did not know and did what was deserved, oh, there it is, but deserved the beating will receive a light beating. So verse 48 is where that comes in. Everyone to whom much is given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. All right, so... So, God's grace will be done in God's way, and God's justice will be meted out of it in God's way. But God mm. seems to take more uh, a more severe view of those who knew but yet did not do His will. The other side of that is you have the gospel accounts, like in Mark ten, uh, when James and John come to Jesus first. 39 or 40 or somewhere in that neighborhood, uh-huh. which grant that one of us must couldn't sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand right. in your kingdom. And Jesus says, All right. And so the sit and the ten heard it, they began. Jesus called them and said, in verse 42, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority. But it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great must be your servant. Yeah, but back up to where they asked the question, and he says he gives an immediate reply to them. Uh, okay, up here at 38. You okay. do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptized which I am baptized? They said, we're able. And Jesus said, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those with whom it is prepared. It has been prepared. All right. So God himself mm. seems to reward some people with great honors. Mm. And it's probably some older lady that <laughs> served quietly, you know, all those years. Yeah. And probably won't be me or you. But Larry, that's the best I can do. Those two passages that seem to say that God may go a little lighter on some in some way, though other passages seem to say that everyone will 
it was not written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire how what that actually means i don't know but those are the two passages i've got yeah it's the the subject of much debate but not much biblical direct passage to explore and why why argue over stuff we don't have more bible for just say there it is well there it is that's it i got it so i think the last one that we will cover for now and then we'll have some more topics for future and everything but just as we head out the door what do you recommend investing in to help with home bible study so someone who they've got their bible they've been studying it but they would like to dig a little deeper any particular lexicons, Bible dictionaries, commentaries? Um, I would recommend a, a computer Bible study program like Logos. Okay. Logos may be a little complicated uh, for some, but there, there are other um, computer-based Bible study programs you know one right off the top of your head. I mean, the Blue Blue Letter Bible app is pretty solid, and it's you funny. Like pin coordinates yeah. and tools you can... Yeah, uh, you can click on the word, and it brings up the, you know, here's the Greek meaning and where it's found and all the detailed bits. Or different passages where you can find this person yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so a tool like that, and of course, if you want something paper, you can get a good Bible con concordance. Youngs or Strongs, uh, you can get um, uh, a real good Bible dictionary. Um, you know, other than that, uh, watch watch videos on how to study. Yeah, anything in particular stand out to you? No, not it's, really. It's one of those. There's a little good here, a little good there. So well, you have to you have to just read first, and then as you read, you look for patterns of different kinds to see what the themes are that throughout the book. And uh, I would suggest that you just read and reread, like we were talking about Luke Acts. Now, fundamental that is. Yeah. If you read through Luke and Acts numerous times. It's going to give you a foundation, and it's going to be a really good foundation for understanding yeah. a lot of things. So that's a good place to start. Okay. Well, thanks again for everyone who's been sending in all the questions and comments. We again, the encouragement, encouragement, those little comments along the way, they encourage us, but it also helps get these things out. And uh, it's been interesting just in the last couple of weeks. A variety of people have found us for the first time so some of that may be because you shared or you encouraged or whatever it may be so we really appreciate it and we hope that these answers that we covered today are beneficial to your study and different things that you're thinking about bible-based questions along the way yeah so thanks Dan for your time and you and yeah. I'll see you guys later see y'all